Welcome to another episode. Join us as we combine two topics into one. Creativity and criminology. I am Leanna Plank. And I'm Lily Robertson. And today we are discussing creative criminals. Have you ever heard of a crime so genius that you wondered how the culprit pulled it off? Well, today we're going to be sharing some of those stories with you, starting with the story of Bernie Madoff. Lily, why don't you start us off? Right, Bernie Madoff. If you were an adult during the time of his arrest, you probably know the name already. Bernard Lawrence Madoff, who once served as chairman of the NASDAQ Stock Exchange, was convicted of the largest Ponzi scheme in history, defrauding major U.S. corporations of an estimated almost $65 billion. So how'd he do it? In 1960, Madoff founded Bernard L. Madoff Investment Securities, LLC, with money he'd saved in an investment from his father-in-law. He built the company from the ground up, but would later say the entire asset management unit of his firm was, in his own words, basically a giant Ponzi scheme. He used money he never had and fake numbers all the way to the top, his scheme touching private investors and massive corporations alike. Financial analyst Harry Markopoulos started catching on to and reporting his findings of suspicious activity surrounding Madoff in 1999. But Bernie wouldn't be arrested until 2008, almost a decade later. At the time of his arrest, his company was the sixth largest market maker in S&P 500 stocks. Wow, so how'd he get caught? Reportedly, one of his own sons turned him in after Bernie confessed to him he was quote, done for, and simply didn't have the money he owed his clients. All said and done, the total amount missing from client accounts totaled $64.8 billion, including fabricated gains. The actual loss to investors was still $18 billion, of which $14.6 billion has been recovered with active investigation into where the rest of the funds are. Madoff was convicted of 11 federal felonies and died in jail in 2014. What a wild story. While it, not might, while it might not be as much of a large-scale fraud, it reminds me of the world's little skyscraper. Have you heard of it before? No, I haven't. It sounds interesting, though. It all started in Texas around 1919 when a discovery of black gold in nearby Burnett turned thousands of Wichita County residents into instant millionaires. Mineral rights deals were being made on street corners and in the shade of quickly erected tents that served as oil company headquarters. There was a desperate need for office space in Wichita Falls, and a Philadelphia oil man slash promoter named J.D. McMullen came running to the rescue. With blueprints in hand, he set about quickly selling 200000 in stock to investors caught up in the quick buck frenzy of the day. How would result, McMullen promised, was a multi-story office building that would go up just across the street from the thriving St. James Hotel. What the promoter failed to mention, Hudson has it, was that the scale of his blueprints was in inches rather than feet. Apparently too busy to keep an eye on the construction, investors ultimately found themselves owners of a building that looked more like an elevator shaft than a high-rise office space. The completed building outside dimensions were a closet-sized 11 feet by 19 feet. Stairwells that led to the upstairs floor occupied 25% of the interior. You're kidding me. How did they miss that? I know, right? And they didn't even bother to look while they were spending money on to build. Well, until it was too late. By the time the construction was completed, McMullen was nowhere to be found. Duped investors unsuccessfully chased after the scam artist and sought legal remedy, only to be told they had no case. McMullen had built exactly according to the blueprints they'd signed off on. Still, with office space in such demand, oil companies squeezed desks into the tiny space and called it home until the boom finally fell silent. Then came the depression, the little building was boarded up and forgotten. 
I guess that shows what happens when you sign off on something without reading it carefully. I think it, it's interesting how they needed an office so badly that they still used it. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine squeezing in there? I also think it's interesting how they couldn't even go after him legally because they had no case. He was so thorough, in fact, that he got away scot-free after scamming 200000 from investors. That's worth about $3 million today. If he were alive today, I bet him and Bernie would have been great friends. I'm sure. Can't you almost imagine them laughing and talking about how they got so many people to believe in them? <laughs> yeah. You can say what you want about their criminal behavior, but you can't deny the ingenuity. Their wit will forever be remembered in history. Just remember to read your documents carefully before you sign them, and don't get caught up in p any Ponzi schemes. What about you, Lily? Do you have any last words of wisdom? Not really. I think you captured my feelings exactly. But I do want to wish everyone a happy holidays. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.